Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Environmental Defense Fund. And I'm Simone Malas with Restore the Mississippi River Coalition. Hello, Simone. How are you? It's great. Two episodes in a row. We're together. I'm loving this. Um, I need a break, Jacques. Too much of you already. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. You already need a break for me. We're in trouble. Um, But yeah, you know, here we are. We were talking about it last week. Um, June is officially here. Um, You know, we had that great conversation with Christy Trail at Pontchartrain Conservancy, and she was talking about everything they're doing as part of Storm Sweep to help um, prepare the region, help prepare residents for the hurricane season. And she made a really good point. It's not just hurricanes, but even like intense rainfall and making sure, you know, we can uh, address that kind of flooding as well. So I'm really excited to have this next guest on to help us, you know, prepare and think about what's ahead this hurricane season and share some other updates that's going on in his life. Um, you know, we've had him on the show uh, a few times now. He's a great resource and guide for us. We talked about- And, and now competition though, Jacques. Well, we need to clear the air you know, about that too. So, <laughs> we can talk yeah. about that. I think yeah. there's, you know, a lot of a lot of love to go around in the podcast world. And so we're <laughs> happy to promote um, his show and, 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 and more. So um, welcome back to Delta Dispatches, Steve Caparata, meteorologist with WAFB and, and multiple Delta Dispatches guests. Hey guys, thanks for having me back. So just to remind everybody, Steve's a NOLA guy, even though he's relocated. Um, He's a a brother Martin Sater, right? Crusader. Um, That's right. And went on to earn your uh, meteorology degree from the University of South Alabama. You have a master's degree as well. And um, also, did you um, a PhD too, right? Um, So congratulations to you and all of that. So needless to say, you are the expert on um, Jacques, how does our, phrase, our friends say it? Stay alert, not alarmed, right? When it comes yes, to stay alert, not alarmed. Yes. So Steve, how have you been? Uh, pretty good. You know, I was telling Jacques beforehand, um, I moved a few months ago in Baton Rouge, but, uh, you know, moving even a few miles is just, it's a lot. <laughs> I got two kids. <laughs> so, so even though the weather has been relatively quiet lately, that's, that's been keeping me pretty busy too. Yeah. You know what they say, Steve, if you don't unpack those boxes, um, <laughs> you know, you probably didn't need whatever was in there anyway. So um, I don't come see my garage. <laughs> I can appreciate being, you know, closer to schools and, and things like that, too. But besides the move, I mean, clearly your job keeps you pretty busy, right? Yeah, uh, no doubt. You know, and it's um, here we are hurricane season again, coming off of just uh, really an unprecedented stretch for Louisiana the last couple of years. So everybody's on edge and and I get that, you know, it it would feel like um, odds and luck should be in our favor this year. But, you know, we, we just don't know. You sometimes go through these crazy stretches where things are real active for several years before you you finally get a much needed break. So we'll see what the upcoming season brings. But um, I, I guess just time for all of us to get ready. Yeah. And Steve, I mean, I want to talk a little bit about that. And of course, uh, we've highlighted this on the show. And like Simone said, channeling our dear friend, um, stay alert, not alarmed. Uh, you know, get a game plan, go to getagameplan.org. Make sure you're preparing um, with yourself and your family to, to make whatever plans are necessary for this hurricane season. And then certainly encourage people to follow 
um, you know, meteorologists like yourselves and others who are such an incredible resource. I mean, you all go above and beyond in the middle of hurricane season, before hurricane season, and then during active storms and are such a wealth of knowledge and information and just really an incredible public service and resource. So thank you to, for that. Um, but I want to ask, you know, let's talk a little bit about what the outlook is for this hurricane season. I know Noah released uh, an outlook and others have as well. So can you walk us through what those outlooks say, at least at this point? Yeah, so unfortunately, they're all in pretty good agreement that we're in for another active season. And when I say we, I mean the Atlantic and the Gulf of Mexico as a whole with still skill in trying to say which areas are going to maybe get hit before the season starts. There are some groups that get into that a little bit, but that skill level is much lower. But um, NOAA came out with their their outlook late May, and, and they said anywhere from 14 to 21 name storms, 6 to 10 hurricanes, three to six majors. And that's pretty much in line with a number of other forecast groups that do this. Now, the average amongst all those groups, if you took all these different forecasts, averages out to something like they're forecasting uh, on average 19 named storms, around eight hurricanes and and four major hurricanes. So it's another above average season. So it's just another reason for us to be prepared. Um, yeah, you guys are right. You know, be alert, not alarmed. Uh, that's the key message. It's just time to get prepared. But a lot of fatigue, obviously, here in South Louisiana coming off the last couple of years. So don't let your guard down. Just it's the time now to get ready again. Yeah. And Steve, we talk about this um, kind of throughout the year, but, you know, um, storms obviously um, do a lot of damage, especially wind, could flood. But in, in our line of work, you could lose some of the natural defenses ahead of, you know, levees and, and things like that. So we have to think about all of that. So in addition to being amateur geologists when it comes to natural infrastructure, we also are amateur meteorologists because we can talk about things like loop currents and El Nino and, and some things things like that. But really, let's um, let's hear it from you, the expert. There has been um, chatter about loop current and El Nino. So can you can you clarify how those things influence um, a hurricane season? Sure. Yeah. And, and great questions. Um, so first off, one of the reasons that the expectation that this hurricane season will be another above average one is that right now the Pacific is in what we call a La Nina state. So referencing your El Nino there, when we look at the water temperatures near the equator in the Pacific, there's really three different states we can classify it in. There's, there's a neutral state when things are kind of about average. El Nino is when those waters are warmer than normal, and La Nina is when they're cooler than normal. And what researchers have found is that depending on what state it's in, that impacts how many storms we see in the Atlantic. And unfortunately, when La Nina is around, as it is right now, and now looks like it may kind of hover around, stay around through the hurricane season, we tend to have more storms in the Atlantic. Uh, the main reason for that is not to get too deep into the weeds, but uh, if you follow hurricane coverage, you probably have heard meteorologists talk at some point about wind shear. And wind shear is basically if, if there's a lot of wind shear, storms get ripped apart and tropical systems have a tough time forming. When La Nina is around, we tend to have below average wind shear and that allows the storms to blossom and grow and, and we tend to get more than average, unfortunately. So, so that's one part of the equation. Another thing that we're tracking is 
parts of the Atlantic uh, are running above normal with the water temperatures. The Caribbean, the Western Caribbean, the Gulf of Mexico, especially, certainly not good news for us. Now, farther out in the Atlantic, the deep tropics have been closer to normal, even a little bit below normal in spots. So that's kind of a mixed signal, but a couple of different things in play. And then let me get to the next part of your question, Uh, the loop current. So there was an article that really raised some eyebrows that talked about the loop current uh, this year and kind of comparing it to how it looks leading into this season, maybe being similar to how it looked into 2005. And so obviously that's a big uh-oh for a lot of people, especially in our part of the world. Um, while that came from a, a really well-respected oceanographer uh, at the University of Miami, I would tell people to, to use that information with caution. So the loop current is, uh, first off, it's, it's a current of not only warm water that extends from the Western Caribbean up into the Gulf of Mexico, it's deep warm water. And that's important because as hurricanes move across, they they stir the ocean up in the Gulf of Mexico. And if the warm water isn't very deep, they can stir up some cooler water and actually that'll cause the storm to weaken. But when they move over something like the loop current, where that warm water can be several hundred feet deep, then it's almost an endless supply of fuel. But what's important to note is while the loop current is there and and it's kind of far north to start this hurricane season in the Gulf of Mexico and there's some very deep warm water. It's only one part of the equation. You can have all the warm water you want in the Gulf of Mexico or the Atlantic, but if the atmosphere is not working uh, in concert with the ocean, if the atmosphere isn't favorable, it doesn't matter how warm that water is. So uh, that article certainly got a lot of attention, raised some eyebrows. I can tell you I, in the weather community, there's some frustration with that article just because I think a lot of meteorologists felt like there was sort of undue alarm raised by that. Really, the loop current is something we have to track more closely in a storm by storm basis than necessarily on a seasonal basis, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I really appreciate you breaking it down, Steve. And I mean, if anything that I took from that is just how many factors go into, you know, storms, these outlooks, just how many conditions are at play. You have a PhD. A lot of folks on Twitter do not, right? And so I think it just emphasizes how important it is for us to, you know, not get alarmed at everything that we see on social media, but then go to our trusted experts and sources like yourselves to help us understand and analyze and break down a lot of what's out there. So really appreciate that. And I mean, to your earlier point, right, let's hope beyond hope that Louisiana and many places are spared this year. I mean, I think Louisiana's had more than its fair share in the last few years and and people are fatigued and kind of, you know, just over going through this. But I mean, can you talk a little bit about the dynamics of the last two years and and some of the things that even though we are fatigued, we just have to be conscious of, you know, there were more storms, of course, like rapid intensification seemed to happen with a lot of those storms. So can you talk a little bit about that as something that we have to remain on guard for and what that means in terms of potential evacuation and and other um, just responses to storms that may be threatening our region? Yeah, certainly that rapid intensification trend um, the last couple of years and storms intensifying through landfall. It's been a little bit unusual here in the northern Gulf Coast the, the last couple of years. And that's just that's not what you want to see, obviously. So both with Laura and with uh, Ida, you had and, and Zeta as well, uh, all three of those major hurricanes 
all of those storms were intensifying right up through landfall in Louisiana. Uh, there was some research, this was a number of years back, probably 15, 20 years ago or more, that actually showed that it was more typical for storms approaching the northern Gulf Coast to actually uh, weaken a little bit upon approach. So that's certainly been a change now. Is that a sign of something that's going to become more permanent or is it just a bit of a coincidence? We don't really know yet. Uh, obviously, it's something that's important and something that researchers are looking into, but we don't know the answer uh, to that question. But when you look at uh, Laura and you look at Ida, you had two of the match uh, the strongest hurricanes on record for Louisiana. Uh, you have to go back to Hurricane Nose, the last island hurricane in 1856 to find another hurricane that had sustained winds of 150 miles per hour. And when you take Laura and Ida in the course of a year and two days, you had two of the three strongest hurricanes on record for Louisiana and records that go back to the 1850s. So um, just an historic stretch, an awful stretch for our coastline. And you got to hope that things are going to start turning our way. My my colleague, Jay Grimes, we were uh, recently at uh, our hurricane preparedness meeting where we both presented. And he had an interesting statistic, and I don't have the exact numbers, but it was over the last 20 years, I think Louisiana has actually taken more hits than Florida has from tropical storms and hurricanes. Uh, which is pretty remarkable because Florida, if you actually counted the miles of coastline, I think has something on the order of uh, more like three times the amount of coastline that we do in Louisiana. So for us to have had more hits, that just shows how crazy it's been, not just the last couple of years, but really uh, since the turn of the century, since, since we moved into the 2000s, it's been very active. What an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, Florida has two coasts that are definitely longer than ours. And yeah, I mean, that's where, you know, they have, you know, all these new technology centers and things like that built around hurricanes over in Florida, but seems to be happening here on the Gulf Coast, especially concentrated in, in our area. So what an interesting point. Um, and I'm assuming that you make more good points like this on your recently launched podcast, Coast and Climate. Um, so tell us about that exciting news. And what can you teach us? <laughs> what can you teach Shock and I about doing this better? <laughs> hey, oh, please, you guys. And in fact, I know y'all were joking at the beginning about competition, but you guys are absolutely one of the ones that inspired me to think about doing something like this. So mine's a little bit different. It's a video podcast. Um, and this airs primarily or originally on, on our digital platform, our digital app, uh, WFB. We have a digital app for Roku, Fire TV, and um, what am I forgetting? Fire TV, Roku, and oh my, oh, Apple TV. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but we have a WAP plus app on that platform. And so it airs there every Thursday at 10 o'clock in the mornings when it premieres, but also goes on our website, WAP.com. And, um, obviously it's the, the name implies coast and climate. I wanted to talk about things that relate to our coast and things that relate to our weather and climate, it, you know, really capture a wide range of topics. So uh, it's been fun to do. I, I'm learning along the way, but we've already had some great guests. Um, I want to mention, uh, we just recently did an entire hurricane week. So we aired five episodes back to back each day. And uh, I thought it was a really good lineup of people. So um, 
We had Congressman Garrett Graves on. Uh, he talked about risk rating 2.0. That's the change to the National Flood Insurance Program that's making some people's rates soar. We talked about an issue closer to Metro Baton Rouge, the Comet Diversion Project. And I had Dr. Phil Klotzbach on, who who's one of the... Uh, He's with the group that really originated the seasonal hurricane forecast. When Alan talked about that, he he's uh, one of these people who thinks maybe it's time to move on from the Saffir Simpson scale. So so we talked to him about that. Then I had Dr. Jack Bevan from the National Hurricane Center. Uh, he's a Louisiana native. He's worked the Hurricane Center for something like 30 years. But also interesting, he was the lead author on the Hurricane Ida report. So we kind of got his perspective on Ida and why it didn't get that upgrade to Category 5. Some people are kind of upset about that. He kind of filled this in on why. Then I had Dr. Chris Lancy, also from the National Hurricane Center. And uh, I know you guys kind of loosely asked about climate change. We focused on the relationship uh, with Dr. Lancy between climate change and hurricanes. And wrapping up the week, I know I'm talking a lot, but wrapping up the week, we had a professor from UL Lafayette, Dr. Liz Skilton is her name, and she authored a book titled Tempest. That's all about hurricane names and, and how hurricane naming was kind of driven by American culture. So it was pretty interesting. So um, be sure to check those out. Um, so Jacques, you wrote all those down, <laughs> all folks that we could have on our show too. That's so interesting and and it's so neat. And I think it it goes to show that, you know, you have an audience there of people that are really interested and so, so knowledgeable or, or, you know, wanting to learn about how these things affect them every day. So kudos to you. Um, I want to switch back a little bit. We've talked about this on past interviews, but How'd you even get into this? Tell us a little bit about little Stevie, I guess, and how how if he wanted to always be a meteorologist. Tell us a little bit about that. All right, you haven't done uh, background work with my wife, have you? <laughs> when it, when you say, <laughs> my friends give me a hard time because my wife will sometimes call me Stevie, and that uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a little suspicious of you, Simone, with that one. But uh, no, uh, I think I've told you guys before. It, I was kind of born to do this, I guess, in a way. Uh, the, my favorite story I was telling people was in second grade. So I went to. I know we have, you guys have a lot of listeners around New Orleans. I went to St. Louis, King of France in, in Bucktown oh, in Metairie. Bucktown, yeah. Yeah, and, and my PE teacher in second grade, my friends reminded me of this when I got older, but uh, my PE teacher would ask me what the weather was going to be like to know if we could have re, uh, PE outside or not. So even oh, in second the grade. pressure. Oh, no. <laughs> so... I growing up in the New Orleans area, I, hurricanes are what uh, grabbed my interest as a kid, and and the flooding. You know, we go through so much flooding, so I got interested in it at a really young age, and and all these years later, as an old guy now, uh, I'm fortunate to still be doing it and and be in a career that you know I've always been interested in and and something that I love doing. Yeah, that's so neat. I mean, do you have any advice for any um, little Steves or, or little Margaret Ors out there? You know, what would you tell them? Yeah, Margaret's great. And, uh, you know, Margaret's been at this 40 plus years now. Um, yeah, I, I guess the, the main thing to know and, and, you know, Margaret's a great example. You know, there's people like me that have kind of taken the traditional background and got a degree in meteorology right out of college. You know, Margaret uh, didn't have a meteorology degree coming out of college, but she went back and got that education 
while she was working at WDSU. It's never too late. Uh, but if you do go get a meteorology degree, uh, you know, my, my words of uh, caution that sometimes surprise people is a lot of math involved. So for kids yeah, that are interested, yeah. just, just understand <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get through some math. And, and most of us, if you, most meteorologists you talk to, most of us tell you, we, we probably didn't enjoy it that much, the math, but we got through it. It becomes kind of a badge of honor once you make it through. But I mean, otherwise, you know, follow your passion. You know, so when I do school talks with kids, I always tell, you know, inevitably I'll have a kid raise a hand and say, how much money do you make? I say, well, it's not about the money and we don't make a lot of money. Um, but you know, you just got to do something you love. And the other thing, I guess, in, with careers in meteorology, uh, most people tend to default about thinking meteorologists on TV because we're the most visible meteorologists for the most part, but there's lots of career paths that don't involve TV. So, you know, you can go work for the national weather service, there are private companies, um, the, the airlines, shipping companies, all cruise companies, they all need meteorologists. There's plenty of other paths besides the one I've taken. So, um, so one more time, Steve, can you let folks know where you can join, um, learn more about the podcast and support the work? Yeah, absolutely. So um, not only are those on our WFB Plus app, if you have a Roku, a Fire Stick, or um, Apple TV, uh, our station, WFB, has a YouTube channel. You can find those on YouTube. You can find them on our website as well. Our website, uh, we're trying to consolidate, put them all in one spot. So they're not quite there yet, but uh, hopefully I'll have that set up soon to, to where they're all kind of on the same page where you can find it. But yeah, go check it out. You know, we're bringing in some some pretty good uh, guests. You know, since we're talking about hurricanes, one one other I'll mention is uh, we had uh, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Ian Giamanco on. Um, he's a guy from Baton Rouge, but he works for the Insurance Institute for Business and Home Safety. And uh, he just gave us some good tips on getting your home ready for hurricane season. So that's another one you might want to check out. Well, congratulations again, Steve. And and certainly, you know, I'm so grateful that you're elevating these issues and bringing on amazing experts to the show. I have to say, Simone and I have discussed, you know, the video component of podcast and, and until we get uh, a better hair, makeup and wardrobe budget, it's not <laughs> happening. So we're strictly audio on Delta Dispatches, but i um, really excited for folks to to tune into your show and, and hear the amazing perspectives that you all are bringing. And also, um, you know, thanks for all your work guiding us through this hurricane season and, and every day with weather in Louisiana. And I think we mentioned it, but one more time, where can folks find you on Twitter? Because I know you are very active on Twitter as well. Yeah, on Twitter, it's at Steve WAFB. Pretty easy to find. Awesome. Well, you know, we before we let you go, we know we, you know we have a tradition on Delta Dispatches. We have to ask the fun question. So uh, you know, it's great to see that in Louisiana, people are getting back, festival season's happening, um, you know, and, and there's been a ton of great events. You know, Garth Brooks was at Tiger Stadium, just all kinds of stuff happening. So what event have you done recently or, or are you planning to do that you're most looking forward to that's just kind of getting out and enjoying Louisiana's culture and food? Oh, man, that's that's a great question. You know, here in Baton Rouge, uh, one that we have is, uh, it just ended, but it picks back up in the fall. There's, there's a spring and fall series called Live After Five. Uh, they do a concert downtown, free concert outside downtown every Friday. That's always fun. 
And I think for me, though, uh, a guy I grew up in New Orleans, but has been in Baton Rouge almost 20 years now, I, I think the highlight of, if you want to call it festival season or outdoors, it's still uh, can't beat an LSU tailgate for me. It, it's just, it's, I mean, it is an event. And so many people go to campus that really have no interest in the game itself. Uh, but that, that for me is still one of my favorite things to do is go tailgate at LSU. I feel like there's, it's like King cake and Girl Scout cookies. It's like, there's a reason why it's a season, right? Cause you couldn't handle it if it was all year long or, you know, maybe you would take it for granted. So um, it was nice folks tailgated a little before Garth Brooks and those things too, but good answer. Um, Jacques, I'll close with coastal stat of the week and you follow up with voice. Okay. With climate change, we can expect to see more intense hurricanes, leaving many communities at risk. In fact, a new report indicates that as many as 32 million U.S. homes and 8.5 trillion in assets are vulnerable to hurricane damage. Yeah, it's an impressive stat. But again, like we we emphasize the importance of investments to help per, per communities prepare and be better protected before storms make landfall. So um, I'm happy to share the Coastal Voice of the Week. And this week's Coastal Voice is from Jennifer and Belle Chase. She says, I support the coast because Louisiana is tr- a truly special place. I've been all over the world and there's no place quite like it. And I think I agree with that. Certainly, I believe uh, Simone and Steve would agree with that as well. So thank you to Jennifer for sharing your voice. And as a reminder, you can go to MississippiRiverDelta.org slash restore dash the dash coast share your voice and perspective of what the coast means to you. And we might just share your voice on Delta Dispatches. So thanks again to Steve for being on. It's always a pleasure to have him on the show Um, and really congratulations and kudos to him on the launch of his new podcast. So we'll have more good episodes coming up for you in the weeks ahead. Thank you for listening. And until then, we will see y'all later, alligators.